listening to the Stormcast, a podcast from the Omaha Storm Chasers. Oh, he got him! Oh, he got him! Escobar got him at first! And that ball's way out of here! It's a two-run game-winning homer! Here's your host, Jake Eisenberg. Everyone get on your feet, stir up the storm, we're family! Welcome to another episode of the Stormcast presented by the Sarpy County Chamber of Commerce. I'm Jake Eisenberg, joined by Nina Sabatka on today's episode. And our special guest is right-hander Andres Nunez, who's been with the Omaha Storm Chasers since the beginning of this 2022 season. Actually, one of a few players who's been with the team from opening day all the way until now, early September. It's the final month of the season, Andres, and it's kind of hard to believe that there's only, what, 20-something games left as we're sitting here recording this in St. Paul. And we'll get to the baseball stuff in a moment. But first, Nina has a very pressing question for you uh, that's on the non-baseball side. Yes, it is very important. It's about your dog. Your dog is named Batman. Can you tell us why did you choose the name Batman? Uh, we were in between two names, Tyson, and then um, we brought it up to my uh, fiance's uh, dad and he mentioned his ears looked just like Batman's ears. So uh, that's how that name became Batman, and uh, it kind of just stuck with there. We liked it better than Tyson. <laughs> so so it went with the ears. Yes, his ears went here. He's got them up. It looks just like Batman. Are there any plans to get another dog and have a Robin? There is, actually, but not anytime soon. Batman's a little bit of a handful, so uh, we got our work cut out with him for now. What, what kind of a dog is Batman? Um, He's kind of a mutt. It's a pit staffy mix. Uh, we rescued him. In the early of last year, so around like February 2021. At this point, does he like do any tricks? Does he roll over? You know, play fetch that sort of thing. Does he fight crime? Um, he <laughs> he tries to fight crime, barking <laughs> on the streets and everything. But uh, yeah, he loves playing fetch. He uh, gets obsessed with the ball, so he's just nonstop, and he'll go until he he will continue to go until re- it's time to go. <laughs> I remember, I remember uh, the first time I met Batman. Uh, it was in an elevator in Des Moines, <laughs> and I think he thought that I was crime because he, he was barking up a storm in his elevator, and I thought I was going to leave with one hand instead of two, uh, but he seems like a really nice pup when all's said and done. Yeah, yeah, no, he's a great pup around me and my fiance. You know, it's uh, we hate to see it, but, you know, it's he's, he's completely different usually around uh, strangers and stuff like that. He's a little more nervous, stuff like that, because of uh, being on the streets and, and being a rescue dog, so it's a... Uh, He's a lot to handle sometimes, but he really is loving and caring. Uh, we love him to death. Has your fiance Antonella, has she ever brought him to Warner Park for any of the Bark in the Park days? No, no, no. Not, no Bark in the Parks. No, we're not ready for yet. that yet. <laughs> <laughs> you talked about your fiance. Congratulations. You proposed last October. And I saw you proposed in Colorado Springs. Was there a significant meeting behind Colorado Springs? Because I know you're from Florida. And I know she went to school in Florida like you. So was there a reason behind Colorado Springs? Um, there was no reason in particular. We were uh, planning a trip to Colorado. And she had always mentioned that she wanted to get proposed to uh, away from family. She wanted nobody to be there. So it was just us two. And she wanted to do it on a hike. So I figured that was a great place to do it. Nice scenery. And uh, we did it at the Garden of the Gods. So it was nice. It was like right after the 2021 season ended. I think the 2021 season ended like first week of October. Mm-hmm. And then second week of October, you guys are in Colorado. You're down on one knee. That's a, that's a pretty quick turnaround. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she had no idea that I was planning that. So it was a, it was a nice surprise. She was uh, actually yelling at me for the 
a month to help her plan the trip and everything, and she didn't realize <laughs> I was planning everything behind the scenes. So it was uh, kind of funny. So how much goes into planning a trip like that for the two of you? And from her perspective, it's just a trip. Mm-hmm. And then from your perspective, it's a trip and a little bit more. I mean, how stressful oh, yeah. is it to do that on top of, you know, finishing up a professional baseball season at the AAA level? Um, I mean, it was uh, definitely gave me something to do off the field, uh, make sure everything was online. Just had to make sure we got a photographer. That was one of the biggest things. And then once I found that, I was pretty chill until um, we got there and we were driving to the spot that day. And I was uh, – she was asking why I was so weird after, and she was like, I figured out why you were a little quiet and uh, a little nervous, because we were doing that at sundown, so on our drive there, I see the mountains to my left side, and I see the sun going by uh, behind the mountains, and I'm like, geez, I hope the sun stays up until uh, we get to the spot, and so I was a little uh, nervous there that the sun was going to go down a little too early, but it ended up being perfect, so it was good. Well, rest assured, the, the pictures are beautiful. Yeah. Um, what's more nerve-wracking? proposing or coming into a ball game with the bases loaded and nobody out <laughs> it was probably definitely those uh 20 30 minutes prior to proposing to her it was a it was a mess man i was just uh right because you tra- only do that once yeah you know you you're know? trying to keep it a secret you're trying to be sneaky and you're like oh my god i hope everything goes well and every, we get there on time and everything goes good so definitely that so that also gave you something for both of you to kind of look at in the off season start start planning a wedding and i know that's coming up soon too right yeah, well, uh, we're going to do it October 15th, so she's been kind of head honcho of that and planning everything, so i got to give it to her for that. She's uh, taking a lot off of my plate, uh, letting me focus on baseball, but she's been taking care of all that stuff. Also in the mountains in Colorado? No, no, we're going to do that <laughs> back home in Miami. <laughs> she's she's from Miami, too? Yeah. And you both went to FIU? Yeah. How'd you guys officially meet? So, uh... Believe it or not, we actually went to the same high school. She's a year younger than me, but uh, we met through a mutual friend of mine my sophomore year of college, uh, so it was pretty cool. So you guys are high school sweethearts, kind of. Kind of. We didn't know each other, so. You didn't really know each other in high school, but not you kind of reconnected yeah. in college. We, I didn't know her at all, honestly. I had never spoken to her until we met in college. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So so not high school sweethearts, college sweethearts with a, with a high school connection. Exactly. Oh, that's a pretty pretty good pretty good love story. <laughs> yeah. I think so. Nina, pretty good love story. Your thoughts? I love it. I mean, she sounds great. And so your wedding is coming up. So have you had any input at all or has it been all on her? Um, no, I've definitely had a little bit of input, but uh, she knows... Uh, She's better at that kind of stuff than I am, and uh, she's been planning it. What has your input been on? Um, not much, because we're going to keep it really simple. That was my pretty much my only uh, my only take. We both wanted kind of something simple, and her parents actually were the ones that wanted us to celebrate it a little more than what we were going to do. So we're going to do it at a nice restaurant and have a nice little ceremony with uh, close friends and family, so it'll be nice. Has it been somewhat comforting to be in one place for the entire season, you know, separately from planning a wedding or figuring out anything like that. I mean, this is really one of the first years you've been in one location for the entire baseball season in Omaha from day one. So what's this year been like for you on the field? Um, it's always nice being uh, in a spot every day and being comfortable where you are, you know. But uh, I've always had a goal ever since I uh, started playing pro ball, and it's always try to move up to the next level that you start at. So if you start at one level, try to get to the next level by the end of the year. So I know uh, we're, we're coming close here to the end of the season, but still hoping that we could get a chance up there.
Yeah, and you know, there's nothing that says that that won't happen either, and that's the idea. You get to AAA, and you know, one of the old adages is that this is the level that no one really wants to be at because the guys who have been here before want to be there. The guys who have been there and are back here want to be back there again. And when you come up to this level from the AA level, that's when you can kind of really start to taste how close it is. And you made your AAA debut last year. Did you find that to be true, that when you got to the Storm Chasers and made your AAA debut, that it felt just a little tangibly closer to realizing that big league dream? Oh, definitely. You definitely feel that you're a a skip and a hop away because just seeing all the transactions, guys up and down, you know, guys from other teams that you're playing that are, you play them one night and the next day they're in the show. So it's, uh, you definitely realize how close you are and uh, it definitely becomes more of a reality than uh, a dream. What has been the biggest step forward you've taken this season in terms of how you've pitched? Um, honestly, I know we spoke uh, earlier in the year. Uh, it was just picking the brains of the older guys here, like uh, Brad Peacock when he was here and uh, Daniel Mangden and Sam Freeman, just you know, picking the brains of those guys, learning from guys who have been in the show, been in established teams, World Series teams. So just picking their brain on what they had and uh, how they go about their business, honestly. See, Brad probably thought that he was done with you when he left the Storm Chasers <laughs> and signed uh, with the Minnesota Twins, but here he is with, with the St. Saint Paul Saints. So, you know, the Saints have come down to Warner Park, and you got, just got a chance to reconnect. Now the Chasers are in town in St. Paul, and he's here too. He popped his head in and said hello to everybody. You know, what's it like, you know, building a relationship with a guy like that who, like you said, has been there and done that, and also, you know, picking his brain on how to use that slider, how to how to work with that changeup and the different weapons that you have? Um, Honestly, it was... uh. Seeing guys who, you know, you see on TV when you're a lot younger and stuff like that, you just, you kind of want to stay out of their path. And you're like, ah, I don't know if I want to talk to that guy. I don't know how he's going to react. So um, before uh, the season, we were in spring training and never really said a word to him. And then uh, we got to the season and uh, we were in Indy. And my first real interactions with him were on the, the pluck, the, the card table playing pluck. And that's where we really uh, gained a relationship. We uh, just got to the field early every day. We started playing cards and it became a theme that uh, we would play cards every day. And uh, that's where we really connected, you know, kind of became friends there and talked a little um, a little stuff on the table, you know what I'm saying? And uh, we uh, were able to create a, a connection and a relationship where I finally was comfortable and able enough to talk to him about what he does on the field and uh, how he goes about his business, like you said, with his different pitches and uh, his approach on the game. I'm curious about how his approach on the mound impacted your approach on the mound. But first, I- I'm not much of a card shark. Nina, I don't know. Are, are you a, are you a big card player, Nina? Not at all. Not at all. Okay, so what what's pluck? Um, I don't really know how to explain it. It's kind of a, a 2v2 kind of game. So it's you and your partner. Okay. And he would really give me the, the hammer on that game. You know, he took me to – to town all the time on that and he ch- kind of showed me the ropes of it now so <laughs> so you were I'm, learning more than just pitching from, oh from yeah that. i definitely learned a lot on the car table as well from him all right we'll have to go to the, the internet machine and, and find out how to play <laughs> that one maybe we'll set up a game sometime later this season uh back to the mound though because you know brad peacock's guy who's got you know a two-seam fastball he's got a slider similar arsenal to what you've got you've got that that power sinker that sweeping slider that changeup. What about the way he uses those weapons is now similar to the way that you use those weapons? Um, honestly, mostly it was just locations. Uh, location, locating the different pitches and how he locates his fastball, where he goes with it, and then just setting them up to be able to get them to swing at the off speed and stuff like that. So it was more of that, and uh, that completely changed my game. Uh, 
uh honestly uh using the heater i was before that i was always uh arm side a lot and uh i went to the glove side heater and it kind of opened up the whole plate for me and it's something i continue to work on all year we're all part of the Royals family now with the Omaha Storm Chasers of the AAA affiliate, but everybody has baseball roots somewhere else. I grew up in New York. I grew up a Mets fan. Uh, Nina can explain her convoluted fandom. She grew up in Wisconsin, uh, <laughs> somehow wound up as a San Francisco Giants fan. Uh, you grew up in, in Miami, and you know, did you grow up a, a Marlins, Florida Marlins fan? Um, I mean, I always went to Marlins games, and then once I uh, really started watching baseball was in the early 2000s, which was around – when the Red Sox were starting to take uh, take off there, and I fell in love with the Red Sox growing up. And that was the, kind of the team I followed. My favorite player was Manny Ramirez. Favorite pitcher was Pedro Martinez. So it was like both of those guys were there, and uh, that's where I started following it. So growing up, I was kind of a Red Sox fan. So you took the next question right out of our mouth because was was going to wonder, you know, who your baseball idols were. Like, what was it about Pedro other than, you know, everything that, that, <laughs> exactly. made, that, made, him, that made him the pitcher that, you know, you wanted to watch and eventually maybe emulate, you know, once you started, you know, pitching more in high school and in college and now in the pros? Um, honestly, just his demeanor on the mound. He was uh, a bulldog and he went after guys. You know, he wasn't scared of anybody. And uh, that's what I loved about him. Uh, he really used the heater to get guys off the plate and then I mean everybody knows his arsenal was ridiculous so it was just kind of mimicking my game after that and his mindset of of attacking guys and not being afraid of nobody now baseball is the focus now baseball has been the focus for a long time but I'm guessing that given your your dad Rodolfo is is a big tennis player and a big tennis pro that maybe there was a bit of tennis in in your childhood too and that might have been a focus growing up no um I wouldn't say it was a focus but I had a little streak there around like 11 years old where I would go every Wednesday to the club that he played at and uh I would take lessons and stuff like that with a bunch of kids but I never really uh, got into competitive tennis much and then in high school I used to mess around with him and go to the courts every once in a while and and play again. And then during COVID, I picked it back up a little bit, but uh, never really got to the competitive side of uh, of tennis. I played basketball for a little bit, a few summers in a row when I was younger, but it was always baseball. Growing up, did you know you always wanted to be a pitcher or like when you were in middle school where you were shortstop? Like what was it that turned you into a pitcher, I guess? Um. Honestly, I used to play, I used to catch a lot. So it was a third base catcher and first growing up for the most part. And then uh, getting to high school, I was uh, always pretty good on the mound. That was definitely my stronger suit. I always struggled a little bit with my bat, but funny enough or not, my last year hitting was probably my best year ever hitting. So my last year hitting was uh, my freshman year of high school on the freshman team. And then I was uh, fortunate enough my next year to make the varsity team. And coaches kind of let me know that hitting probably wasn't in my path in the future so uh, that's when I started taking on the mound uh, solely on the mound become a pitcher only it's okay we can we can reminisce on the glory uh, of days course. Of, of Andres <laughs> Nunez, Nunez hitter and you know there, there are guys out there every night who you know remember when they pitched in high school remember when they were, were a two-way guy in college and, and dream of taking the mound for one <laughs> inning you know like Angelo Castellano earlier this season yeah. Jimmy Govern the other <laughs> night I mean when you see when you see guys like that go out of the mound like what are you thinking in your head about you know what they're trying to do up there i mean honestly i've never picked any of their brains i uh, i should ask them what their what their thoughts are because uh if you ever ask a hitter they always think that pitching's a lot easier than hitting so uh it's different out there man it's uh you feel like you should be in uh 
in the, the the driving seat, but there's times where you feel like you're throwing beach balls at them, and you're like, what the heck's going on? So it's, it's kind of funny. Can you give us a little scouting report on, on Jimmy's pitching performance? <laughs> he was filling up the zone. He was trying. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think so. My, my favorite part about the whole thing uh, with Jimmy pitching had actually nothing to do with him throwing a pitch. Maybe you noticed this, maybe you didn't, but there's that pop-up that ends the inning, yeah. you know, right down the first baseline. Uh, Gabriel Concel comes in, catches it behind him, calls calls Jimmy off, you know, because he's a pitcher at yeah. that point. He's not an infielder. <laughs> uh, but then Jimmy's walking off the mound, and he goes to the home plate umpire and presents his hands. <laughs> to I the didn't home catch plate. that. Didn't catch that? No. Yeah, he was, he was going to the home plate umpire to show his hands to get, you know, tested <laughs> the for, the, for the sticky stuff or whatever. Uh, and you could tell both of them had kind of a, a smirk on their that's face. funny i didn't see that <laughs> yeah you might have to give him some 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 <laughs> kind of some kind of flag for that it was it was a funny move though uh in a tough game you know there are moments of levity like that but obviously you hope that the game doesn't get to that point you hope that you know your team's up you're coming into the game with a chance to to really lock it down so when you're warming up in the bullpen or even before that you know let's go before that you know you get word that hey uh you're up for the next inning or we need you in this situation uh, take us through the, you know the steps that get you prepared to make that appearance uh i'm honestly a pretty relaxed guy uh if you ask some of the other guys on the in the bullpen i kind of just mess around talk shop out there in the bullpen uh stay relaxed for the most part and then i mean i have my little routine i do a little bit of a uh, stretching get loose again around the fifth inning and then uh my name's called my name's called if it's not it's not but uh i keep it kind of pretty simple as possible and then you come into the game and you've got the seven or eight warm-up pitches. Is there How much intent is there with what you're throwing and where you're throwing it? Um, honestly, just trying to feel good on the mound there, get the arm uh, up to speed, and then flick in a couple off-speed and uh, get ready to go. Yeah, just just flick in a, a sweeping <laughs> slider, sure. You make it sound so easy. Just just flick in a 95-mile-an-hour sinker. <laughs> I mean, let, let, let's be clear. It's not that simple, <laughs> even though you're making it look you know, kind of easy on the mound out there, especially for that stretch in the middle of this year. You go over two months without allowing a run. And we talked about this a little bit earlier this season. You know, all streaks come to an end, good or bad. Uh, and that's kind of the way that this game works, especially for the Leapers. You're going to have ups and downs and peaks and valleys throughout the season. But when you're in the midst of a run like that, how aware are you that you're in the middle of a run like that? I mean, honestly, I wasn't aware until I was – it was almost close to the end of it, to be honest. It was just uh, showing up to the field, doing my job, getting in there, getting out, and that was it. I mean, I try to – get in and out of the innings as quick as possible and one thing led to another and we were on a scoreless streak that I had no clue I was on until probably like three four outings before it ended yeah 26 and a third innings 22 straight appearances I remember you telling me that it was actually <laughs> sorry about this Nina this is throwing you under the bus a little bit uh that it was the Jaser social media it that was kind of clued you in as to what was happening yeah yeah yeah. Cause because you saw because you saw the graphic yeah I mean I'm a, a big guy I never check any of my stats until the year's over because I don't like getting caught up into it you know chasing numbers but it was it was cool to be acknowledged for but I was uh that was actually when I really noticed that I mean I was on a long streak like that I never really noticed that Nina putting you on the spot here you know take us into the social media manager brain you know when it comes to promoting what Andres was doing and, and the run that he was on in my head I feel like pitchers don't get enough credit and they're like oh that was such a cool like thing by the third baseman where it's like the pitcher like yeah you can throw a scoreless like inning 
but then like people forget about it and like they if they don't like know it all like accumulates together so in my head i was like oh my gosh like he's on a crazy run like how can we not acknowledge that he's on this run right now so we put it together and we're like we have to say something because like how is anyone going to know otherwise that's a that's a good point it is i mean i mean your your thoughts Good, no, no. Good, good defense. I mean, I'm not telling. I'm not blaming it on her that the streak <laughs> ended. It definitely wasn't her fault. No, but, this is uh, not a, not a superstitious I, thing. I, I mean, know. like I said, I would. I always appreciate the acknowledgement of that. And you know, it, it does go unseen sometimes by bullpen guys and their hard work and stuff like that. Because you know, you're in and out of the game so quick. You know, there's a lot of other things happening throughout the game that that are going to be shined a brighter light on. But definitely, uh, always appreciate all that kind of stuff. It seems like relievers get the most shine when they're throwing something just absolutely filthy yeah. and they wind up on pitching ninja or something like that i mean um you know what here's a question for you you've got the sinker you've got the slider you've got the changeup. of those three pitches which one is ending up on pitching ninja i don't know if any of them end up on pitching ninja i'll be happy how about that <laughs> <laughs> that's fair because that means you've got the eyeballs and exactly and you're in the show because it's not too often that you know they take a look at guys that are in triple a or double a or anywhere else so exactly. you know what that's a that's a that's a very good answer yeah how do you put this season in in perspective in context you know your first full season at the highest level of triple a and obviously you know like we've talked about the goal is to be there not here for a lot of guys you've got to be here before you get there so you know like you said you don't look at your numbers until the end of the season but I got to imagine that you do take a look at some of the underlying things that you're doing trying to develop and grow in in your performance as a whole so looking back over the last what now five months how do you put what you've done this season into some sort of perspective um like I said I just kind of try to keep everything as simple as possible take it day by day so it's like everything kind of piles up at the end of the year and you don't really even realize uh what what really just happened but for me honestly it's just growing as a pitcher that's what I take the most from it and uh all the things that I've learned from the older guys and what made me better and, and got me to this spot is what I'm going to take from it and uh and go on to the next year you know and try to improve from what I did this year honestly going back to the non-baseball side this year y'all have worn a lot of specialty jerseys is there one that really sticks out to you that you'll always remember wearing, whether it was good or if it was bad? The corn ones or the runza ones are the two that stick out to me the most, and I don't know if it's for the good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's, a, that's a good answer. It seems like that's been a popular answer, too. I think Jimmy said something similar about the corn jerseys. Those those were a real hit, and that was that was before, you know, corn is now this viral TikTok thing. So, yeah, yeah. you know, the storm chasers are ahead of the game there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely one of those two. <laughs> well, Andres, thank you so much for taking the time. Great chatting with you about stuff that's been going on on the field and off the field. You know, best of luck the rest of this season, and, you know, hopefully – not here for too much longer. Hopefully it's it's up there to finish the year or at the very least the beginning of next year. Thanks so much and best of luck. Appreciate it. Thank you too. That'll wrap this episode of the Stormcast presented by the Sarpy County Chamber of Commerce. For Nina Sabatka, I'm Jake Eisenberg. Remember, head to omahastormchasers.com slash tickets to check out tickets for the final two homestands of the 2022 season coming up this week against Indianapolis and then in a couple weeks against the Iowa Cubs. You can also check out the 2023 schedule, which was released last week, and start making your plans to come out to Werner Park for next season. That'll do it for us on the Stormcast presented by the Sarpy County Chamber of Commerce. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Everyone get on your face, turn up the storm, we're family.